This is the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast with your host, Amanda Ann. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Serial. I'm Amanda Ann, and today we are reviewing the second installment movie of the Suicide Squad franchise, which is now in theaters and streaming on HBO Max until I think about the end of the month. And just a warning, there will be spoilers in here. I am joined with my pal, Freddie B. Trumbull, who has been on here before. Freddie is a musician, and you can check him out via the links in the description and Please give him a like, subscribe, etc. if you do click on those links. Suicide Squad is written and directed by James Gunn with whom you might recognize from Guardians of the Galaxy. He is a big comic book fan and really brings some of these characters from the comics that kind of hang out in the background and or aren't that heard of much into the limelight. Immediately, I thought this film would be great, but eh, we'll get into it. It stars Margaret Robbie reprising her role as Harley Quinn, Idris Elba as Bloodsport, and John Cena as Peacemaker, just to name a few of these characters. And no, there's no Joker or mention of him in this film. So, without further ado, let's get into this discussion. Alright, so the beginning of this movie, it was just kind of like a, like a diversion. Pete Davidson has a character called Blackguard, and like him and Harley and another, like just this team. It, it kind of reminded me of Deadpool in a way, where they're on the plane and they like jump out of the sky. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that in Deadpool. They did. Okay. Yeah, that reminded me of that too. Yeah. And, um, and, and then Pete's character is like, he just like gets them caught. And yep. you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> And Harley and survives. He like his, yeah, he has like his arms up trying to sell him out. And you're just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was just like such a... Like just right at the beginning of this movie, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> but like Harley's the only one that survives. So I was like, is this movie just going to be like Harley? Trying to like figure it out? But That's then there's I a flashback. Too. Yeah, until I saw the flashback, yeah. Yeah, so then there's a second group that's formed. And it consists of Idris Elba, who I thought was probably the best in this movie. I mean, Margot, she was awesome as Harley Quinn, like always. But mm-hmm. as far as like the new characters go, I think Idris Elba, he carried the movie for the most part. Oh, most definitely. He was like something um, fresh and new. And this is acting. And it's also his the leadership his character had. He definitely carried the movie. Yeah. And then we have Sharkman, who I thought was hilarious. I thought he was kind of cute. Oh, you mean King Shark? Yeah, King Shark yeah. is cool. King Shark, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Polka Dot Man. Oh, Polka Dot Man, that, that hurt me, but I'm not going to spoil anything in the beginning, but that, that uh, hurt me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Freddie, do you remember what the girl's name was? Um, Ratcatcher 2. Aha, uh-huh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of like the team that's formed in this prison. And uh, what, uh, don't, don't forget uh, Peacemaker, too. Yes, of course, Peacemaker, who mm-hmm. is actually getting his own HBO Max show. He is? Yeah. Uh, I wish they would have gave us like a, 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 a Rick Flagg show. Like he, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, Rick Flagg show or like a, a Bloodsport show. But I guess that can work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, I would definitely like to see Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
like a little more background on him. Because I feel like too, and I was I, I said this in my intro, Freddie, that James Gunn directed this movie and he's all about the like background characters in the comics and brings them to the front. So I feel like with yeah, the yeah. characters, like you you have to know that they're from like what they do in the comics. Yeah, because he always said that he when he was growing up reading those comics, he always loved the the background villains and heroes and stuff. So that's why he wanted to bring them to the front. So mm-hmm. I, I I can I can respect that. Yeah, just like the Guardians of the Galaxy, and now they're huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was especially about to Groot. say that. Yeah, especially Groot. Everyone loves the Groot. <laughs> Everybody loves Groot. Yeah. But yeah, going back, um, I mean, these actors, they, they, I felt like they did the best that they could with these characters. I especially oh, yeah, like, yeah, Polka Dot Man, he was actually like, you could sympathize with the character. Yeah, you can sympathize with um, pretty much everybody on the team. I mean, yeah. I couldn't understand Peacemaker, but I know some people who are like in the military and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I get why he's the way he is. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, like I just, the, the, yeah, you can sympathize with everybody. So they kind of make up this dysfunctional family in the end, which is very interesting mm-hmm. because you got these like hard ass <laughs> guys, yep. people, women yep. that are in this jail. And then they just like their their character arcs do grow throughout the film. So that was good to see. Yeah, especially um, Ratcatcher and um, Bloodsport's relationship. Yeah. And then uh, the plot, like, and this is going to be interesting because, Freddie, you really liked the film. And me, I wasn't too nuts about it. (laughs) So, but I felt like there was just a lot of unnecessary violence and gore that really didn't work with the story. Oh, so you don't like a whole lot of gore, do you? I mean, it's to the point where, like, I laugh. Like, the Saw Uh movies and all that. Like, Uh I'll start laughing because, like, it it gets ridiculous ridiculously kind of like fake to me i don't know like there's just some movies where the gore is very realistic and it kind of freaks me out but then it's like when it's just like over the top like in this film it's just like come on (laughs) can we just (laughs) like get to the story (laughs) so what's what scenes like made you like like feel that way like what like what like gory part made you feel that way definitely the part where they kind of get to where they need to go and then they just like start killing like all the village people oh yeah oh and then it's like they were actually the good guys and they were like oh <laughs> yeah that, that part kind of i was 50 50 with that part i was like for you guys to be like assassins i would i would assume you guys would know whether or not these people are your enemies or not so now you just go inside a random camp and just like killing people and now you're doing it for like fun because you know peacemaker and uh blood sport having a whole like competition almost and, right yeah yeah but then on the flip side i'm like okay i know it's an action movie and you know these are like you know uh villains for hire so they probably don't you know really care so you know I, that, I that you is true that. yeah that's yeah. true though you brought up a good point how you're like yeah these guys are villains they're in prison obviously for killing people so they're going to kill people when they're let loose. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure if it would have been like, you know, uh, let's say uh, Batman and, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman or whatever, they would have like told them to like, you know, stand down and stuff like that. But then again, if Zack Snyder was directing it, then no. So never yeah. Mind. Yeah, definitely. 
So, Freddie, who do you think the antagonist was in this whole film? Ooh, honestly, I think the antagonists were a lot of people. Yeah. I think the, the main antagonist was uh, the government and Amanda Waller, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I mean, Starro, that's also one of my favorite, like, DC villains. He's, like, also kind of creepy in a way. But we'll get to that later. But I think the main two villains were, were antagonists were um, Amanda Waller and the government. Yeah. I was having a really hard time trying to pinpoint, like, who the antagonist was and what was, like, driving the team to get to where they need to be. So, yeah, I, I definitely think the government was, like, and and just goes back to sympathizing with these characters, how the government is just playing everybody, whether you're good or bad. Exactly. Exactly. You're, they all, you're their yeah, pawns. Just using, yep, exactly. Pawns in, their, in this big game of chess. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that covers that. And Harley Quinn. Let's get to her. <laughs> Uh-oh, here we go. No, she is... I thought she was, like the light of the show like Idris Elba he obviously he carried I felt like the the group the movie like the action sequences like the the, the story as a whole but then I felt like the parts with Harley were like a breath of fresh air yeah it kind of it kind of took like like you said a breath of fresh air it kind of took a break away from like you know the gore and the main storyline mm-hmm. and you got to kind of sympathize with her and see what's going on in her head because in the previous suicide film, um, they didn't really touch bases on all the characters like that. I didn't really truly like, you know, connect with them like that. So when I saw like Harley, like you know, um, talking to that one um, king or whatever, and she was telling him about how she always chooses, you know, um, bad men in her life and stuff like that. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll never forget Freddie. Like when we Freddie and I were in uh, class together at Governor State mm. University. Mm. And I think the Suicide Squad came out when we were like in school. So It did. It did. I remember yeah, it I remember Harley and Joker being like the big deal. Yep. yep. And I remember like one of our classmates saying like, "Oh, all these girls want a relationship like Harley and Joker and it's oh, that that's fine if you want to get like, you know, beat around and stuff." Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I've yeah. had that conversation too in class. She was saying how if you want to get beat up and abused, you know, yeah. you like the true backstory of Harley and Joker, you wouldn't want to be that. But you know, right, right. Are. And that kind of like stuck through my head with like every single like film I've seen Harley in like Birds of Prey, especially with her. She was just so hurt and she was just trying to like, as, as everyone would do with a broken heart, you just try to survive, take every so day. Kind of work it out. Take yeah. baby steps, I guess. Yeah. In her own way. I mean, she's Harley mm-hmm. Quinn. She's batshit mm-hmm. crazy. So, <laughs> well, obviously, but yeah, yeah. And um, in this film, we do kind of see a little light in her, like what she's feeling deep down, mm-hmm. and she lets all that aggression, I feel like, out with mm-hmm. that king. And yeah, but she survived. She's a survivor. Especially, her, I think her action sequence too, when she was in the hallway, like killing all those soldiers. That was like the perfect amount of like, you know, good cinematography and like, you know, a little bit of gore. But they didn't do too much gore when she was killing those people. Yeah, I like that part. I, I did like all the parts she was in. Because yeah. I just I enjoy her. She's hilarious. What oh, one question. How do you feel about um her actor 
for her actress um, saying that she might take a break from playing Harley? I don't know. Like, it's crazy because I feel like we've just had a lot of Harley this past year, and I feel like they can expand more on the character. I I feel like Harley is just one of those characters where you can just um, just keep making stories. It's kind of like like kind of like Loki in a way. Like you can just keep yeah. making stories out of Harley. Mm-hmm. You can take her here. You can take her there, and it'll work. Yep. Yep. So, that's a good that's a good uh, reference harley is like another loki because loki yeah. can do the same thing but you know if she wants to take it it'd be kind of good too. like make these like let these movies marinate because they have come out so fast for like suicide mm-hmm. squad and birds of prey and i felt like there's no breathing room between birds of prey in this movie you're still yeah, just trying honestly, to process birds of prey i didn't really like birds of prey i thought same. that was like all over the place, just like some, like the studio just decided one morning, let's just make a Birds of Prey movie. Do we yeah. have a script or a plan? Nope, we're just gonna shoot something. And that's the only, really what it was. Right. The only like excuse I feel like they had to make that movie was just to get inside Harley's head. Harley's mm. mind is a scrambled egg mess. So the movie is gonna be a scrambled egg mess. Honestly, I think Birds of Prey would have been better as a TV show rather yeah. than a movie. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that was a problem. But we'll, yeah. we'll never know now. Right. With streaming services, I mean, anything's possible. That That's very true, especially HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the story in general, I just felt like was very slow. Mm-hmm. And the buildup was just kind of underwhelming to me. Like with the... Yeah, it was, it was. Because, I mean, obviously they're going, they're, fu- it, it's just like any other, I felt like any other movie, the government's hiding some secret project that you have to uncover. And at mm. the end of the tunnel, there's just something massive and big. Mm-hmm. Just happens to be a squishy starfish that <laughs> multiplies 80,000 babies and sticks to everyone's faces and takes over their body. Yeah, like a um, a glorified uh, face hugger from Alien. That's what it reminded me of. Exactly, yeah. So it was just kind of like, I felt like too, it was a little too much to have like the, the babies taken over the human bodies. Cause there's only like so many, but you know, they, they got them in the end, I guess like the fluid of the action sequences in the movie, how they fight, how this group of suicide squad people fight, they fought the same way with the little baby starfish. It's just so fast and they got like combat skills and everything. So, you know, it, it worked, but I just, I, I didn't like the monster, I guess. <laughs> I thought, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was like kind of ridiculous. I'm like, we got this, you know, serious, you know, group and they killing people and stuff. And now the government's been hiding uh, an oversized, you know, starfish, alien starfish. I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. So, I thought it was ridiculous, but I thought it was kind of cool in the same way. But also, um, it was like a Justice League episode. No, I don't think it was Justice League. I think it was Batman Beyond, where um, they had Starro in the episode, and he would like, like put those little starfish on like the new Justice League, and it became Loki kind of like creepy, like kind of like horror, in a mm-hmm. way. So I respect that. I like that reference, but I agree with you. It was kind of ridiculous for them to fight a super huge starfish. Aesthetically, it worked. With oh, the yeah. look and feel yeah. of the movie, I mean, I do have to give them that. Oh yeah, and they built like think... a big Star Road, like in Japan or something like that too. 
Yeah, like when you think of the Suicide Squad, like the the first movie really set the look and feel of the films, like with the bright colors, the neon, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. even the costumes too. Abs- yeah, the abstractness of like the costumes and the makeup. So, I mean, the starfish, the color of it, it worked with the film. Yeah, because they could have just made the starfish like you know look like uh, Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, or, or be like gray and just real like you know bland and stuff like that. So I agree with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But question: Did you catch what the starfish, what Starro said when it was about to die? I did not. It said uh, when it was about to die, it was talking to like the humans it had um, infected, and it said all I wanted to do was look up at the stars. Oh. Yeah, because remember the, the government took starfish from space. He was just in space, just like you know, relaxing. They just they just took him and just like started yeah. experimenting on him. Right, and that just you know c- concretes our opinion that mm-hmm. the government is the antagonist. Yep, because they're even picking people off di- or picking things, creatures off different planets for their own mm-hmm. selfish greed. So, mm-hmm. oh god. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's real life right there. Yeah. And that's just it. You can even like a movie like this, you can just, you know, sympathize again with the characters and the story and just think like it's the government. Everything's the government. <laughs> that too. And then also all the suicide members are trying to like, you know, get time off their sentence for something they did, but they're still like, you know, human at the end of the day. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially like Bloodsport and his daughter, yeah. like that relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That was very, yeah, like people can probably relate to that. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of um, how um, Deadshot was with his daughter in the first Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, let's talk about Peacemaker because he's going to be getting his own HBO Max show. Okay, here we go. So I just, I, I didn't I didn't understand him, honestly. I mean, I, I kind of think he was just kind of thrown in there to be a like a component, a rival of Bloodsport in mm-hmm. in the group, just mm-hmm. so they can. And I did feel like they kind of bounced off each other pretty good mm-hmm. in order to get the job done. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I honestly I wasn't a fan of the character because mm-hmm. I felt like he. I I don't know if you feel like this, Freddie. Maybe I missed something with him, but. I didn't feel like he had a really good arc. I just know he's like, I want peace and I will kill anybody and anything that gets in the way of peace. But they didn't really explain anything more except he's like this macho, arrogant man. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a, a chance till we all see the HBO Max show that, he's, that he has to pass judgment on him. But I pretty much thought the same thing. I was like, bro, I don't know anything about him. And then mm-hmm. um, when Amanda Waller was explaining like who he is, she literally said the same thing that she said about Bloodsport. I'm like, so they're the same person, right? And everybody in the theater was just like, yeah. So who is this man? So I, I mean, I yeah, and I can see like they wanted to introduce this character in this film to get people ready to watch the show, so they're not going in cold turkey with the show. But I just felt like he didn't work with this movie. No. Yeah, he was he was funny, especially when um you know um what did he say? He said um if this beach was filled with something, I would you know literally eat everyone in oh. the name of peace and uh for America or something like that. I'm like, bro, really? I'm like, yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like you're trying to be good, but you're really bad. Exactly. And did you hear what Rick Flag um, told him when they, you know, had that situation when he was like, um, peacemaker? He was like, what a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I felt, and then I'm just going to get to Polka Dot Man, who was my favorite. Oh, that was like my, that was my like third favorite. Yeah. Because he has major PTSD about his mom and he has a really interesting history that he explained mm-hmm. the reason why he, he fears his mother mm-hmm. and how he got his power of mm-hmm. vomiting polka dots on people. <laughs> so, but yeah, he does have a tragic ending. He does get killed at the end and that really hurt. I'm like, why I'm glad, why I'm him? glad he went out. On a, I thought the same thing, but I'm glad he went out like you know, feeling like a superhero. He, he did. Yelled that. Yeah, that was a great part because it and felt like at least one of those guys felt like they changed in the end. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing, and it also touched basis on too how parents can turn their children into something they're not because of mm-hmm. trauma. Exactly. She was literally working at Star Labs and wanted all her children to be superheroes, and she messed them up mentally and physically. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's all it all, and that's just another message there. It all is about the like the parents, how the parents raise their children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we all have like some form of trauma or something that right. we got scarred from from our parents. No, I'm knocking them because I love mine, but exactly, yeah, yeah same. But, you know, there is that thing where you're like, oh, my God, like, my grandma's going to kill me if I do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm 31 years old. And it's like, I do something and I'm like, ooh, my grandma wouldn't like that. But then it's like, <laughs> I'm a grown ass woman. Like, I, you oh, know. For real. No, that you, always, you always will be a, um, a child in your parents and relatives eyes. So I feel the same way. Like, I'm yep. grown as hell and I'm still feeling like, you know. <laughs> right. Oh, my dad's going to kill me if I do this. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. But we definitely got to have a um a moment of silence for uh, Polka Dot Man. <laughs> exactly. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Polka Dot Man. <laughs> and then the last character I really want to talk about is King Shark. Oh, I love King Shark. He was so cute. Yeah, I love King Shark. <laughs> <laughs> how he was like gonna? I love how he's like hungry and yes. <laughs> he reminded me of the hawk. The way the hawk talks, like like. Hawk trains, you know, hawk yeah, like fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He reminded me of like the hawk and a combination of group too, like both yeah. of them together. Yep. And there were so many times I thought he was going to die, and I was like, "Please don't kill King Shark." And I was he like, was "I feel more, con- yeah, indestructible." Yeah. yeah, they shot bullets. At- the only thing that pretty much got King Shark hurt was those little um, jellyfish things that was in that tank. Remember oh, that? Yes, that part was so sad because he just wanted to be their friend. <laughs> Yeah, and they just started attacking him. I was like, that's low-key kind of creepy. It is, yeah. <laughs> I did. I felt like, I think I just awed at that part. I was like, oh, like he just, he was like genuinely wanting to. <laughs> yeah, because he said, you know, he said in the beginning when they were in that, uh, in that forest that he didn't have any friends. And they were like, we'll be your friends. And he's like, oh, okay, well, you know, friends. And mm-hmm. then he's, uh, that was also a beautiful scene when King Shark was in um the, um, the aquarium and he saw those things for the first time and they were like yeah. following him around and dancing and stuff i was like okay oh, that's yeah. pretty cool yeah i like that yeah, yeah. And, and it's like this whole movie like i didn't like it was entertaining i didn't like mm-hmm. 
hate it, like raging hate it. It was just it. I the story was just kind of meh for me, but there they did have their good parts, and that was one of them. I really liked the aquarium part. So if you can change like three main things about the movie to make it like even better, what would you do? Um. Well, that is a very good question. I didn't think of. Definitely more Harley. Okay. I felt okay. like because she's a big draw for these films. Okay. And I felt like there wasn't really enough of her. Like she had her own little side story going on. Okay. Like she got taken captive mm-hmm. and like was intended for this king. And then she obviously, you know, kills him and gets all oh, in her Harley world. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, I felt like there should have been just a little more Harley. And she seemed like she was like buddy buddy with all of the Suicide Squad. And I, I would like to have known, like, how she, I don't know, more of their relationships to, like, with her, like, in prison, maybe. And, oh. like, did they did they have, like, a um like a history in prison? Like, were they all, like, kind of a badass group that played poker together or something? I agree with you on that one. I agree. Because it, you can tell that had, she had had, like, pre-existing conversations with, like, other people in the, in the actual prison. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a good scene with them, like, I don't know, cleaning together or, like you said, playing poker or even cooking in the kitchen or getting in a jail fight together, that would have, like, brought a little bit more, um, I guess, I guess love to the story. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And I think another thing, too, I would is more background on some of these characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Weasel. That was Weasel one was that was hilarious. introduced right at the beginning. And it was like, who, how, where? <laughs> we were just that he ate like a bunch of children yeah it's like all we like we get presented with these characters and there's really no history like no backstory the audience like i'm not too familiar with dc comics so a lot of these characters i was like who and i had to like look them up and or like my boyfriend had to tell me who someone was so Maybe yeah, that's, just, maybe that's their 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 niche. Maybe, maybe they want to like have people look up the like the the D list C list villains of DC comics so you, so you can ex- expand your horizon. I don't know, that's but I true. still feel like they could have uh, put a little bit more of you know that backstory in the, in the movie. I agree mm-hmm. with you on that. Yeah. So yeah, I think those are just kind of like my top three things. Just more more background, more, and then more of the things that you market like Harley Quinn and. Mm-hmm. But in the end, though, Idris Elba, he was marketed because he's a big name in Hollywood. And I was actually really excited. Yeah, I was really excited to see him in this film. So he had a lot of screen time, which I appreciated. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. He's basically like because they said that um, they're not replacing Deadshot. Like he's going to come back and hopefully I definitely want to see Deadshot and Bloodsport in the same movie. I feel like they'll make a good team. Mm-hmm. And also, it'd probably be funny when they first like uh, meet each other. But they were trying to, uh, they were basically saying like how Bloodsport is like the new Deadshot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that just brings me to one of my last points here is like the DC comic films and just Warner Brothers in general. Unfortunately, like with Wonder Woman 2, especially, and the, their films have been just kind of flopping in oh, the box office. The second Wonder Woman. That was, ugh. Yeah, I didn't. My 
first episode of this podcast was about Wonder Woman 2 and <laughs> kind of came in at a negative note because it was like, I just didn't like it. <laughs> oh, I got I to gotta go. I got to go listen to that because <laughs> yeah. Wonder Woman 1984, that was horrible. Yeah. I was like so excited for it to be over. But you anyway. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Season one, episode one. Go ahead and go back if you're listening and re-listen to that. <laughs> It's a good one. Once we're done with this one, because I got to hear what you think. Yeah. But yeah, unfortunately, these films have been flopping, whereas like the Marvel films have been reaching these new heights. So they're going, like I said, we've we got this Peacemaker series coming up on HBO Max with streaming. And Mm -hmm. I just hope, you know, I mean, they're trying. And the, the films, they have their good moments. They have like their differences and you can easily pick them apart and it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, unfortunately too, if you look online, all the headlines talk about how this film has tanked at the box office with 26.5 million just on opening day in the theaters. And I just feel also, like though with the Delta variant going around, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. that could have like a major impact on this film. Because if you look on like IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, the ratings are really good. Yeah, they think got like a uh, like a eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and also mm-hmm. you got to think about it too. Uh, HBO Max is stopping people from going to the theater as well. Yeah, yeah, and that's just it. Everyone, I mean, we streamed it, and especially now, if you get the option going forward to stream these films instead of going to the theater, especially if you just pay like I think HBO Max is like six dollars a month, or maybe a little more, maybe a little less. We get it free with our AT&T internet. Mm. So instead of paying 25 to $30 to go to the movie theater, you can just watch it in the comfort of your own home just with your monthly subscription. Yep. So I don't know. I don't know yep. how. I'm still trying to figure out how views are calculated with the streaming services because you have this whole ordeal with Disney Plus and Scarlett Johansson going on. I was going to ask you about that, too. I don't want yeah. to talk about anything Marvel, but yeah, I was going to ask you about that, too. Well, it kind of goes in hand in hand because, in a way, this movie is kind of getting a reputation on the internet how, like, one article was like, it's a box office failure, it's a box office loser, blah, blah, blah. And it's mm. like, is it really, though? Like, Because then I went on Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, and, I mean, the ratings are pretty good. The comments are really good. The reviews. I, so, I think I think they're more, they're more so focused on on the money aspect of it. Mm-hmm. When they gotta think about this too, it's not even out of the theaters yet. Like it's only been like what like two weeks since it's been like in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's even more revenue coming in. Um, plenty. Of, I saw the whole the theater was full when we went to go see Suicide Squad in the theater. Mm-hmm. So they gotta think about that as well. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and the fan base for, especially for Harley Quinn, is major. You go to Comic Con, and there's so many people dressed like Harley mm-hmm. throughout the years. So mm-hmm. I saw one too at the theater dressed like Harley. Oh, really? Yeah. So she she's a big big deal to some people. Yeah, so, a, lot of, a lot of like uh, young girls and even women love Harley Quinn. So mm-hmm. I I agree with you on that one. Because there's not a lot of like. I mean, there's women villains out there, but they're not as like, I don't want to say relatable, but 
lovable as Harley. I think it's both. Not like she, like, yeah, not saying like it's gonna be like you relate to her like in every way, but mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit relatable and 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 a lovable aspect too. Yeah, she's playful and very colorful. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. around, stands up for herself. Strong women need mm-hmm. to see that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a big fan, but I do I do like Harley, so I can see I can see that. Brady, what was your part or your favorite part of this whole movie? Oh, okay. Let me think. Because mm-hmm. it got it was, it was so many parts. Um, okay, my first favorite part was when um, Bloodsport and his team arrived on the beach, and how they kept um, they kept like showing like what was happening, like with like their environment. If you know what I'm what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. like it was like an explosion, like in one scene, and it was like. Um, it was like letters, like in, in the form of like the explosion. I thought that was cool. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that was a good way to like transition through the the scenes. Um, my second favorite part was when uh, Weasel fell out the helicopter. Cause I was talking to my friends. I was like, he's about to drown, and they was like, why do you think that? I was like, he's about to drown, and yeah. as soon as he hits the water, he's just like, oh, oh, oh. right, like, okay, he's dead, and I was just dying laughing. Um, yeah, my third favorite part. Was when um, um, Peacemaker is about to kill um, Ratcatcher two, and uh, Idris Elba just uh, inadvertently just comes down <laughs> through the ceiling and just lands there. Yeah, and just looks up and then shoots the bullet at him, and they like you know collide or whatever. That was my, my third favorite part. That was a good part. Yeah, and I'm and glad then, you brought up those transitions because as a graphic artist, I love those. Same, same. So good. So, yeah, I need to learn how to do that because that was like beautiful. Yeah, it's all um, in the keyframing. Yeah, and then my last favorite part was when um, uh, Bloodsport was just like, I don't care if you like, you know, blow my head off Amanda Waller, I'm about to go save the world because this is wrong. Yeah. And she just like going off. She's like, no, turn up, stand down, stand down. And then her mm-hmm. team just smacks her with the golf club. That's like hilarious. But So yeah, those are my favorite parts. What about yeah. you? definitely the aquarium part with king shark i really oh, liked yeah, that yeah and i yeah. liked when harley quinn just was a badass and killed everybody mm-hmm, just in her own behind her. her harley quinn yeah but yeah i just i, I really like harley when she's just fighting and just being badass and yeah, yeah. she she's only like a big bazooka <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love that i love when like Especially like in the former movies when she's just holding this like weapon that's like just as big as she is. <laughs> With ease too. Like just, yeah. just, just slinging it around and using it like it's nothing. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this podcast episode. And go see it and let me know how you liked it. I feel like this movie is just kind of a love it or you hate it type of thing. I really don't think there's... I I personally haven't seen anything that was like in between. But um, Yeah. Check out Freddie's social links. I will link them in the description in this podcast. And I will talk to you guys next week. And thanks, Freddie, for joining me. Hey, no problem at all. Thank you for having me. All right. Everyone take care.